Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Strikingly handsome, Mark Lawrence. Thank you. You got that out of the way just in the nick of time. I know. You weren't here for a couple of days, and I, f- I forgot. I had it written down. Did you call Steve Kushloff strikingly handsome? No, no, no. Okay. I'm not required to call him striking. He's required to call me that. Oh, is he? Really? <laughs> oh, well, that uh, doesn't say much about the veracity of anything we say from henceforth. All right. He did say I look like I've been struck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's all we'll say about that. All right. Well, we asked for another opportunity to talk to one of the state representatives around here. We're glad to say that he has agreed to call in. Is on the line right now. 85th District. I'm going to still call him a, a freshman representative until after... I I think December 5th or January 5th or so. Uh, freshman representative David Rowe of Lewisburg, owner of CrossFit in Lewisburg, replacing Fred Keller, who moved up to the congressional seat. And uh, I'm going to call him a conservative Republican down in Harrisburg. has been feeling his way. Last year, we saw him in the Capitol Rotunda playing piano with a viral video that was shared all over. This time, he got to do a video that dealt with decorating a Christmas tree down in the Rotunda. So, First of all, welcome aboard, David. Thanks for calling in. Morning, Dave. Hey, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Mark. Thank you very much for having me on. Now, set up this video that we saw of you decorating a Christmas tree at the Capitol. What's the backstory on that? So the backstory is we, we heard rumors that there was not going to be a Christmas tree in the rotunda this year for a variety of reasons. Uh, and we just thought, you know, after decades, uh, I think ever since the Capitol building has been in existence, there's always been a Christmas tree in the rotunda. So we thought, you know, in this era when everybody is uh, on edge and there's a lot of stressful uh, situations going on, whether it's COVID-related or election-related, and that people just needed to have some semblance of consistency, uh, particularly regarding this, you know, this season that should be one of joy, of unity, uh, of remembering what really unites us uh, is more important than what divides us. And so we wanted to uh, try to uh, continue that tradition. Uh, so Representative Lewis and I uh, brought in our own tree after hours. Uh, we, we decorated it with uh, some patriotic ornaments as well as uh, ornaments to uh, recognize a lot of the really important industries and the hardworking people in Pennsylvania. Uh, we ornaments to honor firefighters, police officers, EMTs, truck drivers, uh, cosmetologists, construction workers, and a bunch more. Uh, and then we, of course, because last year, uh, we played a piano duet to sort of provide the background music for it. We thought it was important to uh, keep with tradition there as well. Uh, and we just did a, uh, a duet rendition of Silent Night, uh, and we just thought it would provide some uh, some level of Christmas cheer uh, to a 
uh, to a state that I think has been through so much and has a lot of people that are upset for a lot of reasons, but I just wanted to have a moment where we put politics aside, remember the reasons for the season, uh, and enjoy some, some time of peace and happiness. Well, you're also following in the time-honored tradition of the former Congressman George Geekus, who always played the piano at every event in the area, and you are a beautiful piano player. I mean, it's uh, I've been banging away for a few years on the piano and not getting anywhere near as good as you guys are. Plus, he plays very well. Yes, he does. <laughs> That was my point. My, you've all credit to my mother for that. Uh, she had me start taking lessons when I was seven. Uh, you know, generously, my parents paid for lessons for uh, the next 11 years until I graduated from high school. Uh, and they were uh, very strict in making sure I practiced. And I'm sure I was not the ideal student growing up. Uh, but uh, I do have to give my parents total credit and my piano teachers for their patience. Uh, and, you know, also, of course, giving uh, glory to God for the talents that he gives each and every one of us. Well, you haven't gotten into any trouble for putting that putting that Christmas tree up, have you? No, nope, uh, none at all. Uh, in fact, we did uh, check with the Department of General Services, uh, and we uh, were told that they would allow the tree to stay up, uh, though they would still consider it, quote-unquote, unpermitted uh, to make sure that we were abiding by the governor's standards. So the tree's going to stay up, and we are going to uh, wait until after Christmas, and then we'll take it down and clean it up and... Uh, make sure we don't make any extra work for our, 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 our hard-working capital staff that keep them looking thick and fast. Well, what does the governor have against Christmas this year, if I may ask? Well, I'm not sure if, the, if it's necessarily in opposition to Christmas that he has. Uh, he was had stated concern that he didn't want people coming inside the Capitol to take pictures with the tree uh, because he thought it would be better to have people stay outdoors. Uh, but the Capitol is closed to the public anyway, so I, I'm not sure the reasoning is there. And even if even if uh, people aren't necessarily able to enjoy it from outside, there's still a lot of people that work in the Capitol to enjoy it. And even just the spirit of having the tree, the principle of the thing, and celebrating the seasons, uh, I, I think is really important. So having a tree set up in there, I think, is, is, is very important, regardless of whether or not people can enjoy it in person. Uh, they can still enjoy photos of it, and just knowing that the season is still being celebrated, I think, would bring people a lot of peace. Well, I'm a Harrisburg native. I grew up there. My mother worked in the Capitol for a number of years, and I can remember that Christmas tree always being there, and it was always something we wanted to go and see. Yeah, we've actually gotten several emails from staff that are working down there who have thanked us for, for putting it up because they said they missed having the tree there, and it was something they looked forward to. Uh, so they were really happy that we that we put this effort in to bring a little uh, little joy and light to their workspace. And let's uh, move on to some of the other half-dozen issues, really, that have popped up lately that are really are just critically important. Uh, you signed on to a resolution with 26 other House members who really are uh, questioning the election, calling attention to the anomalies and and or asserted fraud that happened in the election that didn't go anywhere at the moment. What happens to that resolution? Give us the backstory and tell us what will happen next year. So first of all, I think uh, uh, before I came on the air, I was listening, Mark, and I think you said it perfectly when you said the resolution was about providing some scrutiny. Uh, and you know, a lot of the uh, hysteria surrounding the resolution has been, uh, been about claiming that it's uh, trying to overturn election results. Uh, and that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, there's a lot of people in this country that are convinced that there were illegal things that happened with the election. And unfortunately, the uh, resistance of those individuals uh, who would not let, uh, not uh, like to see a thorough audit conducted uh, is unfortunately fueling the skepticism. 
so we are not trying to overturn election results. We are trying to ensure that the election results are genuine, uh, because I think a lot of people uh, could sleep well at night if they know that Joe Biden won legitimately and they won fairly. Unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, and so because there is a lot of doubt, because there's a lot of uh, issues that have been uh, coming forward, we've got some whistleblowers that have some really disturbing stories that uh, have yet to be able to be explained. Uh, our objective here is to uh, put people's mind at rest by either A, finding fraud and rooting it out, or B, being able to prove that there was none and the election was fair and legitimate. Uh, and so if I, uh, I would hope that you know, our colleagues across the aisle uh, would be more than willing to support an audit uh, and a thorough investigation into these disturbing claims, because where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of people coming forward with a lot of issues. There's a lot of statistical anomalies, uh, issues with postal workers and uh, machines and issues within specific precincts. Uh, and I think we owe it to the people of Pennsylvania to do a thorough investigation uh, so that their minds can be at rest regarding the results of the, uh, results of the election, whatever they may be. Lead up. Justice Alito has been um, stepped up the amount of time necessary for, I guess, the state to respond to a request uh, to declare the uh, balloting, uh, the mail-in ballots, being unconstitutional because there's nothing in Pennsylvania's Constitution that says mail-in ballots, just general mail-in ballots, will work. Where do you come down on that one? Well, we'll have to see. I mean, it's going to definitely be in the hands of the courts, and that's Unfortunately, what I have said for a couple of weeks now, given the timeline, uh, given the state Supreme Court's tension for activist rulings, uh, it's most likely going to come down to a Supreme Court ruling uh, for any meaningful action to be taken. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of uh, discussion surrounding Act 77, which was the bill that allowed mail-in ballots. Uh, and at the time, the bill that was originally passed uh, and what the governor and the secretary of state did unilaterally to the bill are two wildly different things. Uh, you know, the, the Act 77 uh, was a far more secure method of, uh, mail, of uh, uh, distributing and collecting mail-in ballots. Uh, but once you have the governor, the Supreme Court, and the secretary of state uh, stepping in and unilaterally extending dates, uh, changing rules, rewriting legislation, uh, accepting ballots that did not have the dates on them, uh, prepaying for them so that there was no uh, time stamp, so it's unable to prove if they were mailed on the day that they were supposed to be or not. Uh, they just created so many discrepancies and raised a lot of questions in a lot of people's minds, uh, and I think that is the uh, general reason going forward that this bill has been uh, really just corrupted and made an aberration of its original self uh, by a governor, a secretary of state, and Supreme Court that don't understand the constitutional separation of powers that separates the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. None of the elements that you're working on would throw out all the mail-in ballots. What you want is uh, sort of a a disposition of all of these unanswered questions and these individuals to be heard. Uh, Of course, Congressman Kelly's appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court would throw out the mail-in ballots if it is successful, and that would change the election. Nothing that you've personally worked on, particularly this resolution, would change the outcome of Pennsylvania's election. Am I interpreting that correctly? Well, the intent of the resolution is just to, as you said, just to get answers to questions. Uh, and unfortunately, our resolutions to do just that uh, have faced some pretty vitriolic opposition on the House floor. Uh, and I think that everybody wants to have uh, safe and fair and honest elections. Uh, and so when there are this many legitimate questions being raised, I think it's absolutely worth and beneficial for everyone on both sides of the aisle 
to want to have these questions answered. Uh, because we want to know for future generations that elections are worth voting. I've gotten a lot of phone calls from people who tell me that, you know, they're done voting because they feel like the votes don't matter because they believe that there's too much fraud. Uh, and regardless of whether or not that's true, the fact that that perception is out there is very dangerous, uh, to the, uh, continued electoral integrity and for our constitutional republic to survive. So just ensuring people have confidence in our electoral process is the objective here. Well, the issues you've raised, Dave, let's say there is fraud there. Who, who perpetrated it? That I, wouldn't, that I would definitely leave up to the courts and the attorneys to try to provide that evidence and to, uh, to rule on it, because I wouldn't want to uh, speculate. Okay. Let's talk about probably the most famous beverage ever consumed at 5.01 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. Right. <laughs> the Facebook post, really uh, not quite viral, but certainly thousands of shares and, and a lot of comments for and against. What was your intent there and then your reaction to the, uh, uh, to the remarks that followed? Well, definitely what was important to me, uh, and I mentioned this in a statement that I sent to WKOK, uh, was that it was important to me to show support for an industry that employs hundreds of thousands of people uh, and impacts millions of jobs down the supply chain. You know, our small business community, particularly our restaurants, have suffered more than anyone uh, during this uh, during the economic shutdown. They're the ones still facing some of the tightest restrictions. They're the ones having to deal with some of the most heavy-handed uh, uh, punishments with signs, uh, fines, citations, uh, threats of having their business licenses revoked. Uh, and so these people have been calling my office uh, for weeks and months uh, with heartbreaking stories of uh, losing their homes, not being able to make their car payments. They are worried about how they're going to feed their kids in a couple of months. And these are the sorts of uh, things that are these uh, tragic and heartbreaking side effects of these shutdowns, which even the WHO the World Health Organization recently stated that lockdowns should not be used as the primary method of, of curbing the spread of coronavirus. So these, these businesses, these individuals, these hardworking wait staff, chefs, managers, and small business owners uh, have suffered a lot and are losing everything. And so it was important for me to show support for those people who are wondering how they're going to feed their kids uh, if their restaurant, if their employer goes out of business. It was important for me to show some support for them uh, during this time that they're really struggling with a series of orders from a governor that really make absolutely no sense, where this arbitrary cutoff time of you know 5 p.m. to buy a beverage, 6 p.m. to consume it, uh, at a time when there's already so many restrictions in place, uh, really makes no sense. Because if the restaurants are already following the orders, how is this order any better? How does it make things any safer? Uh, and if so, is the governor saying that his existing orders aren't safe enough? Uh, it's really just arbitrary, capricious, and confusing, and I wanted to show the small business owners, the employers, the waitstaff, the chefs, and everybody in Pennsylvania, every one of the 3.3 million Pennsylvanians that Tom Wolf has pushed on to unemployment, I wanted to show them that I stood with them. Well, in March and April, we flattened the curve, so we were told we were flattening the curve by shutting everything down. Now here we are some months later, and it's worse than it was back then. So now we're going to give you a promotion. You're now Governor David Rowe, and what would you do? <laughs> well, I would certainly say that the ability to combat COVID-19 would be to approach it with a targeted response. And uh, I, on air with you guys, I have said before, when Tom Wolf started, we initially approached this by a county-by-county county basis, and that was a process that I supported. Because Pennsylvania is a big state, lots of different population densities, different neighborhoods, communities, and so a one-size-fits-all plan is more on. So I, I, I approved of Tom Wolf county-by-county. County. Unfortunately, that 
very quickly went out the window, and he instead went with a one-size-fits-all statewide shutdown, uh, which bankrupted uh, businesses, broke the supply chain, perhaps irreparably, uh, created shortages in grocery stores, uh, kept hospitals from having access to the pallets they needed to ship their medical supplies, and it was just a disaster. Uh, and so it just goes to show that that didn't work, and I would be very concerned to know if Tom Wolf is doing that again. So we know specifically what entities are at risk, and those are populations that are either immunosuppressed or are happen to be seniors, you know, people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. Those are the people most at risk. And even the president of the Pennsylvania Healthcare Association said that Tom Wolf and his administration seems to have forgotten about nursing homes and those uh, long-term care facilities that should be receiving the most attention and the most help from the state. What we should be doing is we should be allocating all of our resources to protect the most vulnerable while allowing those people who are healthy and have a, a greater than 99.9% chance of survival go about their lives and continue to allow the economy that supports our healthcare system, that take care of these uh, people who are at risk, that we, it's important we allow that economy to survive. Otherwise, we won't even have the resources to take care of the people that need it most. You know, Kendra Alker said that photograph of the Facebook page with the beverage was demoralizing. And if you've seen the documentary, uh, Five Days in May, that Geisinger is uh, promulgating now, you can really see why this picture irritated so many people. What do you say to those individuals? Well, first of all, I, I will say that it's unfortunate how politicized uh, something as benign as a virus has something not as non-political as a virus has become. Uh, because uh, for Kendra to claim that she was demoralized by my photo, where technically speaking, I wasn't breaking any of governor's uh, any of the governor's rules. Uh, for her to say that to me now, uh, but for her to have said no such thing when Tom Wolf actively violated his own orders. Uh, to back to when he marched with the Black Lives Matter rally with thousands of people from all over Pennsylvania who are marching arm in arm down the street. Uh, I'm surprised that she did not find that demoralizing. You know, I'm surprised that she didn't find it demoralizing that Tom Wolf recently vetoed a bill that would have provided limited liability protection for hospitals and schools and all of these entities that we need to be surviving right now. And Tom Wolf essentially offered them up on a uh, on a buffet to the trial lawyers, who just conveniently happened to be one of his most generous political financiers. Uh, so to have Kendra say that I am demoralizing by doing technically following the rules by and also supporting all small business owners, but she's not demoralized by a governor who doesn't follow his own rules and a yeah, governor who vetoes protections for uh, people that work for Kendra and people that support Kendra's million dollar salary. I think just goes to show how political, uh, unfortunately, many in our community have made this virus. Have you seen Five Days in May? I have not yet. I will definitely check it out. And but this really just shows this uh, dramatic uh, fight, fight to the death for hundreds and hundreds, well, now thousands of people that have been through the Geisinger system in Wyoming Valley and in Danville, and the the tireless this issues with space and supplies and, and staffing that they're having at the hospitals. Just a, a, a gripping, uh, deadly drama is unfolding. That's what was on the mind of folks who saw that picture. So what do you say? to those individuals? Well, first of all, I have never once downplayed the threat that COVID-19 plays to those individuals who are considered most vulnerable to it. I have said time and time again that if you are one of those people who would be at risk, who is immunocompromised, who is a senior citizen, you are the one who should be taking extra precautions. Uh, but, but 
we know ourselves best. And I don't think that uh, a one-size-fits-all response from the government really makes any sense. And we know just from, uh, just from experience that these lockdowns don't work. We look at the linear increase that directly correlated to uh, lockdowns and unemployment, the linear spike in suicide, mental health issues, from substance abuse to domestic violence. You know, these sorts of things are on the rise uh, pretty significantly, and there's a reason why, and it's because these lockdowns create a new mental health crisis uh, that is costing lives as well. So when I look at this, uh, the COVID-19 issue, I think we need to approach it from a far more long-term, big-picture, sustainable perspective. And for our hospital systems, that includes making sure that they are on strong financial ground. Because we have, several months ago, when Governor Wolf first put a moratorium on elective surgeries, he created a budget deficit in many Pennsylvania hospital systems to the tune of $7 billion that organizations that represent the healthcare systems had approached the state about a bailout for to make sure they could stay solvent. Now, there is no money in the state budget for a bailout. We barely passed the budget as it was. Uh, I did not vote for it, but the state barely passed a, a, a balanced budget as it was. Uh, and so for the hospital systems, my, my objective is to make sure that not only are those hospital systems able to manage their workload, but that they're able to actually stay solvent. Because as we look to these giant budget gaps that are created by the governor's moratoriums on electives, we are going to see a decline in access to uh, health care, specifically in rural areas like Union and Snyder County. Dave, we've got, so about, when, we've got about two minutes left. You mentioned that you uh, voted against the budget. Could you, in those two minutes, tell us why? Absolutely. So, uh, unfortunately, we have, uh, we're projecting a $5 billion budget deficit uh, this year because of the lockdown, because of the wolf shutdown. Uh, fortunately, it only ended up being about $3.5 billion. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the uh, state budget that has that was drafted used 1.2 billion of the remaining federal CARES Act money uh, to plug the budget hole. Uh, I voted against it because, first of all, that CARES money was supposed to be allocated towards people and businesses uh, that were on the uh, verge of losing everything. And for the government to simply use it to plug a budget hole, I thought was incredibly short-sighted. Because now, when we are facing what will presumably be about another $4 billion budget gap next June, uh, we're not going to have those federal monies, and we're going to have to be making either significant cuts or they'll be proposing tax increases, which, of course, I will oppose. So what should have been done is meaningful cuts should have been made now. The federal money should have been allocated to those people and businesses who are supposed to receive it, uh, and that would be a far more sustainable plan rather than just kicking the can down the road. Well, thank you so much. One of our good listeners, this will be the perfect way to end the interview, says you uh, obviously were an accomplished player as a young person. Well, now you're only 20-some anyway, but uh, do you have to practice every day to stay that skilled, they say, and they're talking about the piano. <laughs> well, I'm fortunate. I, uh, I do play the piano for my church, so that's sort of a, something that forces me to make sure I practice every week. All right. Okay. So you practice every week. Fabulous. There's a good answer. If, well, you're, if you're giving lessons, Dave, maybe I can sign you up uh, to teach me a little better. <laughs> I, my mom has more patience, Joe. She's put up with me for a long time. She'd be the better teacher. Okay. I'll ask her. Thank you so much for checking in. Uh, you have an open mic here. Anytime to talk about these and other topics. Thank you, David. 
Thanks, Thank you, babe. Mark. Thank you, Joe. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. Take care. State House member David Rowe, 85th District, is still a freshman representative, up to and including. He's sworn in again in January as uh, the official uh, uh, representative. Well, he is the official representative, but he'll have run for re-election, and he'll be in. WKOK News Time. It is 8.55. We will be right back on On the Mark. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Investing in your business, but not adding high-speed fiber? Bad decision. Like building a house with no air conditioning, hanging fuzzy dice from your rearview mirror, or getting three bacon double cheeseburgers and a diet soda. Don't be those people. Call Pentella Data and tell them you want real speed, as in the lightning-fast, ultra-reliable confidence only their fiber network can provide. Your employer will be so happy. They'll make bad decisions of their own. High-speed fiber from Pentella Data. At Animal Care Hospital Lewisburg, their motto is, we love what we do. And we all love the holidays, especially with our pets. It's so tempting to share that yummy turkey or ham with our four-legged friends. But we've got to be cautious. Steer clear of fatty foods, chocolate, garlic, onions, and even grapes. When guests are visiting, it's a good idea to let them know what your pets can and can't share. Animal Care welcomes you to join their Facebook page for more tips to keep your pets safe over the holidays. Animal Care Hospital Lewisburg. They mean it when they say, we love what we do. MyAnimalCareHospital.com. Imagine coming home from a long day of work and finding a flooded basement from the rain. If you're afraid to open the basement door, call the experts at ITG Basement Systems. Thousands of homeowners have trusted ITG for basement waterproofing, moisture, and humidity control. Get your free inspection today. Visit ITGBasementSystems.com. That's ITGBasementSystems.com. ITG Basement Systems. I'm the guy to make it dry. We saved big money with our progressive home and auto bundle and used the cash to take a family vacation. To Hawaii. Who's up for a luau? Yay! This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough to go to Hawaii. They'll probably use it for things like the mortgage and groceries, or even a travel magazine, so at least they can see pictures of Hawaii. Aloha! (laughs) Yes, say hello to those beautiful Hawaiian beaches in that magazine. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hi, everybody. Steve Jones. Ah, football weekend, and the Steelers play tonight. We'll talk about it 3 to 5 News Radio 1070 WKOK. Well, Joe's been doing the math in his head. It says Representative Rowe may be 30 or 31. We're not sure. So Joe found a way to correct me. Well, we could have asked Dave when he was on the phone. Dave, how old are you? I mean, that would have solved that question. Well, I think we, we might have exceeded the who cares test on that one, so we don't want to look well, for Well, he's trouble. obviously likely to be around for quite a while because he is a young man and a very talented young man in addition to his being an entrepreneur. 
Right, yep, still playing in his piano and doing mission work and, uh, of course, being a full-time state representative and running the business, uh, CrossFit still open. As it was during much of the pandemic, there was a time when it was closed when we were in the red area as well. Well, why was there such, such consternation over that photograph? Everything was legal there. He b- ordered a drink before 5 o'clock. He had till 6 o'clock to finish it. Because the pandemic means different things to different people. David fights things legislatively, so for him... Uh, it was a photograph that related to what was happening legislatively and his defiance of uh, some onerous re- regulations. But everybody, to everybody else, the pandemic is different. To me, it's restrictions. It's uh, not being able to worship. And to healthcare workers, it is working as one doctor has done 256 days in a row. To people who lost relatives, the virus is the thing that killed their relative or their friend or their significant other or whatever it is. So when you look at a photograph that depends pick something related to the coronavirus, you see it through those lenses. Well, no one says you can't worship. Uh, I think those are restricted now, too, with crowd size regulation. But to be continued, I'll explain uh, that photograph in greater detail later. This is WKOK Sunbury. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Eggland's Best. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Many states are struggling to keep up with a skyrocketing number of new coronavirus infections and hospitalizations since Thanksgiving. More than half of California went on lockdown this morning. A member of President-elect Biden's COVID advisory board, Dr. Celine Gounder, tells CBS this morning. Unfortunately, given how out of control the virus is at this... ...winning rash and loss of appetite. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here after his retirement lengthened a weekend. And uh, he learned to play piano as a child, too, but let it go. But uh, House member David Rowe did not. So. Well, but I bought during the earlier part of the pandemic earlier this year, I bought myself a keyboard and I've been teaching myself to play again. And you've been repracticing. Does it come back like riding a bike or is you relearning? Well, I, I learned how to read music a long time ago when I played the trombone. So I read the bass clef very well. It's the treble clef I have a little problem with. They're treble, no matter They're what. They're very much so, treble, yes. Okay. Very trebling. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Mr. Joe is across from me. Uh, he has many other superlative accolades on his resume, not the least of which is that he's in charge of... Uh, he was. It's a good thing he dodged a bullet. He was going to be in charge of global pandemics on the Pennsylvania uh, Emergency Management Agency, but uh, he went with earthquakes instead so no, far. No, so I good. told you more than once. Oh, I volcanoes. Went volcanoes. Right. volcanoes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw all the categories of global disasters for you to pick, but uh, you shied away from pandemic, and boy, did that turn out to be a wise move there. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer, I hope he enjoyed a week off. Uh, we had a couple of it takes about a half a dozen people to fill in for Rob when he's not here. Uh, so we uh, thank the folks that did fill in, but we're grateful that Rob is back, so we appreciate his help and hard work. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line now open. Call us one 
1-800-795-9565. Joe asks a very good question about House member David Rowe. Why all the consternation about that uh, photograph uh, that uh, the Representative Rowe posted? And if you know the answer to that, you want to tell Joe, uh, 1-800-795-9565. If you are in 100% lockstep agreement with House member uh, David Rowe and that it was simply a political statement about uh, the governor and legislative topics had absolutely nothing to do with the... the um, yeah, the headline the, should be, the Guy Does Something Completely Legal. Right, <laughs> and and has nothing to do with sick people. People outraged. <laughs> and, uh, right, and it was spread like wildfire. So uh, feel free to call us on this topic, 1-800-795-9565. He also talked about vetoing, uh, or I'm sorry, check that. He also talked about voting no on a budget that went through that uh, he said, as uh, his predecessor, House Member Fred Keller, used to say, these budgets are not really balanced, and so Fred Keller would vote no on them. And uh, let's see, also talked about a resolution that will have to be acted upon next year, I guess by obligation with the new House in session about the anomalies in the election. So many unanswered questions as it relates to the election. There's just no argument about that. So, And House members and Democrats and senators and representatives are all concerned about fair elections. So call us now if you'd like to comment on those topics, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. And you can text us at 70236. We do appreciate that. One of our good listeners sent us a text. Uh, we hope we asked these questions uh, in our words, not specifically uh, yours. Uh, we didn't get, see the text in a timely fashion, but uh, we're glad we do now. So send more texts at 70236. Some very brief news headlines. Uh, more record numbers of COVID-19 statewide and in the Valley over the weekend. Uh, 12,884 new statewide cases reported from fr- Saturday to Sunday, or uh, check that, be Friday to Saturday, uh, putting the state uh, nearing a half a million cases of COVID-19. 201 new cases are in Montour County. That doubles their numbers over the past few weeks. Uh, according to Montour County Commissioner Trevor Finn, most of those are individuals that are being attributed as Montour County residents, but are not from Montour County, and later those uh, numbers will uh, decline somewhat. Uh, Geisinger Danville has fewer patients on board. They're down to 93 after having over 100 individuals admitted for a time. geisinger Shabokin has one new patient. They're up to 15 people and the Evangelical Hospital has eight fewer patients. As for Geisinger's statement last week, Sarah Lawver has some of that. Geisinger's president and CEO, Dr. Jaywan Rue, says that hospital capacity is not only a space issue, it's also a staffing issue. During a media briefing Friday, Dr. Rue was asked about a recent tweet from Governor Tom Wolf saying that Pennsylvania will run out of ICU beds this month. He says that all the indicators they are seeing agree. That's exactly why we want to focus on, on preventing upstream. But if, if the question is, do we think that we're going to come up against capacity issues due to COVID activity in the hospitals, I would say absolutely yes. Dr. Rue says Geisinger is managing pretty well right now, but predictive data of the next few weeks does not look good. We have the full interview with Dr. Rue on the WKOK podcast page. That's uh, Sarah Lava reporting there. Officials from the State Department of Corrections and SCI Pine Grove, which is in Indiana County, uh, is reporting the first death of a Pennsylvania state prison inmate from COVID-19. The 38-year-old not being identified. He's one of 10 active inmate 
cases at that particular prison. Locally, SCI Cole Township has 36 inmates and 25 staff members who have active cases of coronavirus. Allenwood Federal Prisons have 139 inmates and 24 staffers with COVID-19. Lewisburg has one active case within the prison walls. In Harrisburg, Republican lawmakers who are still questioning the election say they're drafting numerous voting religious related laws with top Democrats quickly accusing them of setting up a sham process and undermining faith in elections. Well, top Republicans told the Associated Press that they will make their major initiative out of addressing what they deem to be many problems arising from the election. Democrats say election officials and poll workers in every county executed a free, fair, and secure election with the utmost in integrity. And while he didn't announce it himself, President... Did you use the word brief in describing these headlines? Uh, <laughs> that's true. I'm only reading half of every story. I only read the Republican okay. side, so see, you should right. be happy. And while he didn't announce it for himself, President Trump tweeted yesterday that his legal counsel, Rudy Giuliani, has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, the lawyer and former New York City mayor has uh, been trying to help prove the president's theory that the election was rigged. Giuliani recently traveled to a number of states, including Pennsylvania. He was back in Gettysburg. What was that, like the 24th or something, 25th, uh, to be part of that uh, sham hearing that was run by some state Senate eggheads, two of whom now also have COVID-19. We may also say there this Mastriano guy, Scott at uh, Senator Mastriano, and others. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, 1-800-795-9565. Feel free to give us a buzz. Uh, we have open phone. Uh, today, we don't actually have any other guests scheduled this week. No, and we so. have a call pending. Joseph is on the line. Good morning, sir, from Milton, PA. Thanks for calling in. Yes, good morning. I wanted to comment on the representative uh, and his setting up the Christmas tree there in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. That controversy or whatever. Uh, I was down to Washington, D.C. Uh, when President Reagan was in, and uh, it was the time when he was going to light the national Christmas tree. And it was in my heart, really, to cut that thing down and stand up on the stump and read to them out of the book of Jeremiah, chapter 10. But it was, it was brought in from another place and had steel cables uh, fastening it and so forth and so on. But uh, at that Christmas pavilion, there's a tree from every state, okay? And at the back of that pavilion, uh, there's a, uh, uh, there was a load of logs there. And I said to the guard, or the park official, it looked like a guard there, uh, watching over the things. I said, what is this here? They were burning these logs in this pit. And the pit was probably six foot deep, 10, uh, 10 12 foot wide, and uh, about 18 foot long. And he said, well, that's the U-log. He said, right here's a sign that tells you what that is. So I copied that down. I'd like to read that, just very brief here. It says this, quote, Ye old year log. The burning of a year log is an ancient custom antedating the Christian era by centuries. It was part of a gay festival honoring the mythological god Thor. Later, the English made an integral part of the Christmas Eve festivities. Even the beautiful Christmas tree, though likewise of pagan origin, is so dear to our hearts as a Christmas symbol. End of quote. Now, Everybody knows that that is a pagan symbol, and they don't really realize the significance of these symbols. It actually, it represented the mythological god Nimrod, at the Tower of Babel in the Bible, of his rebirth at the winter solstice, because the, 
he went into the sun, they said, and became the sun god, etc., etc. And, of course, the shortest day of the year, the next day after that, a couple of days after that, December 25th, they seen the days were getting a little longer, and they celebrated where, where by we, setting up trees. Joseph, where, so are, we going, where are we going with this? Uh, you know, this well, is... I, I, I wanted to... He was glorifying the tree. I just want to say what the Almighty says about this, and he says, don't do that, don't do that. Don't worship me the way the heathens worship their gods. And that's how they worship their god, the sun god, in ancient Babylon, and it's still done today uh, <laughs> by so, Christians and pagans and everybody. And it's against the will of Yahweh, according to Jeremiah chapter 10. He says, don't go out and cut a tree and bring it in, deck it with silver and gold, <laughs> like the pagans do. And uh, it ought not to be in our capital, and to set them up in your home is an abomination to the Almighty, because it, it's the way the pagans worship their god. Now, I know people don't think they are worshiping other gods and all that. I realize that. They're ignorant. But oh, it's they're ignorant. They, okay. Pardon me? Well, I'm, I'm just amazing that you're willing to pass judgment on all these people. They're ignorant. Could it be that they just... Well, they, they, they don't understand. Well, they don't understand your interpretation of it. that you should be ignorant concerning this or that. They don't and understand your interpretation of it, but that doesn't mean you're right and they're wrong. No, well, it does mean that he's right, the Almighty, when he says what he says about that. And right here he says, learn not the ways of the heathens, the pagans. Uh, be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the nations are dismayed at them. So we at should, the time of the winter solstice. So we should cut down all of our Christmas trees? Away, and they worshiped the sun because it gave them life, <laughs> and it was a god to the ancient pagans. And, of course, our days are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, and pretty soon, uh, and a few weeks from now, it's going to be the shortest day, and then the days are going to start to get longer again. They celebrated the rebirth of the sun god. And Yahweh says, don't learn that. And he says, the customs of the heathens are vain. They go out, cut a tree, bring it in, they deck it with silver and gold, and so forth. And that's exactly what people do today. So just don't they decorate it with silver and gold, just put on regular and balls, and then worship. everything will be okay. Is that right? Okay. That's okay. Well, we'll pass that along to David Rose so he knows really what he's celebrating. Yeah, we ought to take that thing out of there because it's an accursed thing. Well, but I see that uh, it's been an accursed thing there for a lot of years. As as you pointed out, as you pointed out, it is a symbol, and symbols mean different things to different people. So this is what that symbol means to you, but to everybody else, it means something completely different. To the Almighty, even in some very daily item, I have a clip here from the den to some very daily item. It says about George Washington his men crossing the Delaware River in 1776 on uh, uh, December 25th. He could count on catching the, drunken, the Hessian soldiers drunk from a day of celebrate. And then it says from the, for Washington and his men, Christmas is just another day. And they considered it back then. In fact, the early uh, Puritans that came over here, they would fine you five shillings if you took off work from, uh, on Christmas. Because they knew it was a pagan popish holiday. All right, yeah, we got a pope popish holiday. Oh yeah, we, we don't want any popish holidays. Do we don't right. want any popish holidays. That's for sure. All right, thank let's, you so uh, much. Let's just well, burn some. Let them. Yep. Well, let's burn some Catholics at the stake. What do you say? <laughs> well, I don't want to burn them at the stake, but I want them to repent. Oh, All repent. Right. Okay. Why don't you repent? Well, sound advice. <laughs> I oh. have. I have repented. <laughs> I, you'll not find a tree in my house. I don't have any dealings with Christmas, Easter, all these pagan holidays. Okay. All right, we got you. All right. Well, 
Well, thank you so much, sir. Hope it all works out for you. See, there is a lot more to this in the Capitol Rotunda than just uh, decorating a tree. All apparently, the apparently, quite a bit. I'm in the rotunda. Have you ever been in there? Uh, yes, I've been in well, the you're rotunda. You're having an issue yeah. over there with the phones. Yeah. Okay. There. Thank you so much, Joseph. Really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for getting us started. We'll take more comers. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Uh, the uh, David he was making reference to David Rowe and the other senator Drew Lewis should be easy to remember. Uh, yeah. Another state representative wasn't a senator. I oh yeah, no, good point. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Andrew Lewis, who's going to be up and coming. But your point is excellently made. Uh, a symbol to one person is not the same as it is to another person, and uh, I don't think anybody thinks we're honoring Nimrod or whoever it was he was talking about. Well, and you had asked about what God. what was the uh, <laughs> what's wrong with the photograph that David Rowe, and if you look at yeah. it in terms of his legislative issue. There are nothing really wrong with it. But different people see the photograph as meaning different things. One of them is just disregarding the precautions and the seriousness of the pandemic, and that was very hurtful. Well, I mean, he's allowed to sit there without a mask while he's drinking. You cannot drink and wear a mask at the same time unless, I guess, you stick a straw in the glass and stick it up under your mask. So it was <laughs> it was on a, at a time when the bar was allowed to be open. People were mm-hmm. allowed to buy a drink. They were allowed to finish it. Uh, they were allowed to sit there without their mask while they're consuming the he beverage. He was allowed at a bar-shaped table. He was so he was socially he distanced. Out. There was no one around him in the picture that I saw. So what's the deal? Well, as I said, the symbolism is that there's a lack of concern about the seriousness and the death and this drama that takes place in hospitals and this life or death fight for life that is under underway for a hundred people just at Geisinger Danville. So I think if you, if you do anything that really just uses your bully pulpit to call attention to just a legislative issue without expressing concern or feelings, which he did express his viewpoint on when he was given a further remark. Well, you have the audio from this poor lady out in Los Angeles who's trying to run a business, and they right. told her she can't have outdoor dining, and then right across the street, or across a parking lot, a Hollywood movie company sets up large tents to feed people that are working on the production of a television show. Whenever a good listener says, I'll be buying my tree today. All right, we're going to talk about <laughs> a uh, phenomenon in Marsden, California, of a woman's video going viral because it really relates to uh, how unfair some of the shutdowns are and we'll talk about that uh, you have an article that's related i to do that also but okay, i think so that's we'll what dave that. what dave was calling attention to the fact that there's a certain amount of hypocrisy here okay well we're going to explore that when we return we'd love to hear from you we're enjoying an open phones monday joe mcgranahan back i'm mark lawrence 1-800-795-9565 when it comes to car buying there's the other guy's way and then there's the smc way the other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want the Subway motors way lets you take the time you need to browse ask questions and take the test drive and think on it for over 100 years the mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have the other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will the smc way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth the smc way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts looking for a pre-owned vehicle the smc way checks each vehicle in a 200 mile radius to determine the lowest price then beat it it's the lowest price promise just part of the smc way the choice is up to you the other guy's way or the smc way the smc way wins every time some Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Aretha Franklin. Oh, okay. Sound, I was going to say Aretha Franklin, but then I, I, the late great Aretha Franklin. Right. This only the single most popular soul singer in the world. All right. Deservedly so. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We were we're talking about Christmas trees and the symbolism and the symbolism of David Rose's photograph. His no vote on the budget, and he's really fighting to make sure that the anomalies in the election are heard out and played out and are um, brought up, and uh, and then will take the form of legislation in the future. We see that uh, any anything that went wrong in the past election is going to turn into a bill in Harrisburg, and um, maybe this maybe the governor will sign some of those. 1-800-795-9565 is our open line. It is an open phones Monday. Uh, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners says, I will be buying my tree today. Thanks, <laughs> Joseph. Uh, he wants that uh, symbol at his place. Uh, Than, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning, you guys, this morning. Hope well. Good, good, good. No COVID going around. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm always disappointed. I've always been disappointed with David Rowe and his coattails of Trump uh, stance, but his missing Kendra Auker's outrage at that smirking picture of his uh, is tragic. Kendra Auker is trying to keep enough nurses, enough doctors, enough beds, enough hours that they can take care of all the problems around here, not just COVID, which, as you know, is raging, but traffic accidents, appendicitis, pregnancies. She has to take care of all those things, and uh, David Rowe didn't even notice that. I am so disappointed. But he wasn't but, doing anything against the governor's dictates. If the, go- if the if what he did was wrong, why didn't the government governor make the restrictions even more tight? Uh, actually, uh, last week I accused you of not recognizing nuance. If you don't see the nuance in what David Rowe did in that picture, smirking at the laws... He wasn't really smirking not. at the laws. He wasn't smirking at the laws. Was he was sitting there. Was. He was. He, he was not violating any law to smirk at. He was sitting there in what the governor said was okay. He was flouting. Wait a when you fall for everything David Rowe and Trump says, Joe, there's no argument with you. So I won't try. If you don't see the nuance, you don't see the nuance. What I'm saying is the reason that people who run hospitals are upset with that sort of. Thing where the people laugh at COVID in one way or another is because they're overtaxed. They can't take care of us, the patients, as well as they should. And I think uh, somebody ought to point out to David Rowe, there's not, it's not a political reason that Kendra Auker was uh, complaining. Well said. It was obvious that uh, he, not flouting, but he's definitely protesting a law that was meant to save lives, and the people who are spending their tireless days saving lives uh, were offended by it. It wasn't so, a law. 
Right, no argument there. You just said it was. He's flouting the governor's law. He wasn't violating the law. He's flouting the fact that he had the ability to make, has the bully pulpit to talk about the fact that he thought the 5 p.m., 6 p.m. law was unfair, which that point was well taken. There's no argument about that. Well, there is argument about about, that, Mark. It's not a no-argument situation. We may have to do some, oh, let's say, giving up of some of our personal freedoms for a little while so that we can get this under control, so the hospitals can catch up, so that these uh, vaccinations, if they turn out, and it looks wonderful now, if these vaccinations turn out, we will be turning the corner. Well, if but you are right, then, if Dan, if you're right, why hasn't the governor gone back to red, green, yellow? Why has he put us back listen, in red? Joe, listen, Joe, I'm glad I'm not a governor. I don't want to make these decisions. Well, you're talking about how much we need to give up our personal freedoms. Why isn't the governor doing what you think is necessary? Because we know what to do now. Now we know what to do. We just have to do we it. We knew back then. We knew in March no, what to do. No, we know tons more now than we did then. Sorry. We used to have a president that wouldn't wear a mask and thought he was a man because of that. Turns out he was a sick turkey because of that, and he made other people sick, particularly in his own party, because he didn't follow the masking. A lot of people now are still questioning whether we really need a mask. Yes, we do. Do we need distancing? Yes, we do. Rudy Giuliani says you need a mask, but it's too late for him, so hopefully he'll be okay. It was too late for him when he went bad after he became... uh, something uh, other than the governor of uh, or the uh, mayor of uh, New York. All right. Thank you so much, Stan. Really appreciate the call. Bobby D., you're the next caller on the mark. How is this appropriate, going from one former Sunbury Broadcasting employee <laughs> to another? Okay. Tell me about your career in radio. Uh, you know, first of all, um, you know, I'd like to comment on the, the Christmas trees and everything. And l- looking at the church calendars uh, from Protestant to Catholicism, to you know, to Jewish, and that we have Hanukkah, you know, Hanukkah, the festival of lights, and of course, uh, the, you know, the beginning of the, uh, you know, with Advent and everything coming down, and uh, you know, over the years, no matter where you're at, there's always uh, some uh, Christmas tree or lights or something being put up somewhere. So I don't see any problem with that at the Capitol. All right. Yeah, and I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Of course, one little asterisk to this is almost nobody's going to see it. The Capitol complex is now closed, and lawmakers are out of session, but they still have some goings-on in Harrisburg, so some of them may see it. Just don't bring a tree inside and decorate it with silver and gold. Normally, the tree is about 40 feet tall. (laughs) This one's just a normal size, so, you know, 8, 9, 10 feet, something like that. All right, thank you so much, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, Lance, next caller on WKOK. Live telephone talk show on the mark. We are enjoying open phones. The topic of your selection, go right ahead. Okay. I'd like to discuss the uh, student loan forgiveness. And, uh, boy, if you look at it, the average uh, college graduate is going to make more than a million dollars in their lifetime more than a person with only a high school diploma. So why are we subsidizing these uh, liberal indoctrination camps? I think probably because the the people won't enjoy the million dollars or won't earn the million dollars until they're between 40 and 60 years old. But the trouble is they have to pay back the loans But when they're between 20 and 40 years old. So it's seen as an onerous burden. But, of course, it is an obligation that must be repaid. 
Very good, Mark. Well, the poor, poor bugger with only a collar with a high school diploma. Why, they're never going to see it. Well, maybe if we, maybe the government should give, <laughs> scratch this thought, but anyway, the government should get everybody $40,000. You can use it for your student loan, or if you went right into a great career after high school, you could use it for your first house down payment or something like that. But the forty grand is yours to keep. Oh, that would make more sense, wouldn't it? Well, and then, yeah, then if you have the loans, you could use it for that, but you wouldn't have to. What yeah, makes more well. sense is not borrowing money you don't intend to repay. Well, that's... There you got it. <laughs> Duh. Atta boy. I like that. What else is cooking, well, Lance? Well, I go to, bar, see, see, go to the bank and borrow what? money for a new car, and I decide I don't want to pay it back because I think it's onerous. <laughs> onerous. Right. Well, see, there was a time that you didn't need that to have to get a, or a uh, college diploma. Back when I was college age now, the... Uh, Tuition at Bucknell was $2,200, and the average uh, income, you know, like uh, middle income, what we talk about, was uh, $7,500. They have a textbook so, that costs $2,200. Yeah. Okay, but what I'm trying to say is none of this nonsense started until the government decided to give out the loans. Just borrowed from your witch uncle, you know. Mm-hmm. My favorite is the college professors who write their own books and make them required reading from the students, and so they force them to buy their own books. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, this whole thing has become a real racket. I mean, tuition at Bucknell now is $58,000. Now, during that time, back when, you could buy a really nice American car for $58,000, right? Mm-hmm. Around 3000 now you put thirty thousand in one boy. You got a pretty decent kind of motel, right? Right, right. So, so based on that, it should be twenty-two thousand, not fifty-eight thousand. Correct. Right. So, which came first, the chicken or the egg? They, did student loans develop because college costs were going way up, or did student loans become far more abundant so tuition rose so kids could afford it? I believe it was the available money. And the, uh, you know, those <laughs> very uh, selfless uh, educators, you know, they saw that there and they thought, ah, boy, we're going to uh, line our pockets. And that's exactly what they did. All right. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you so Good much, points, Lance. Lance. Thanks Thank for you. checking in on an open phones Monday. we got a caller standing by. we got to take a quickie break. We'll be back ASAP. Oh, good base, Joe. This is Joe on the base, so we appreciate yeah, that. Well, Thank we you, got sir. Three calls in and one standing by or one waiting to get online, and uh, we have a busy morning this morning. And we'll start with Billy from Winfield. You're on the mark. Good morning, guys. Welcome back, Mark. I, did, I didn't hear. Did you get a deer? Did you not get a deer? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> now we passed up a bunch of dough on uh, Saturday because we're still buck hunting, so, uh, but uh, we're still out there. Okay, well, go get him, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to... Another one of my good buddies is Dan Mitchell, but I think he's dead wrong on this one, and he's actually the one that's not understanding the nuance. We elect a state legislator to pass laws that represent the people, make sure those laws are enforced, make sure our Constitution is upheld, push back on tyranny, when it approaches us, and as has been discussed on this show over and over again in 2020, uh, many of us in the community believe that tyrannies come in the form of Governor Wolf. And uh, 
So when David Wolf, when David Rowe stands up to the governor, he's doing his job as far as I'm concerned. He's not standing against health care workers. He's not, he's not getting in the way of health care workers. He's not talking about uh, the effects of COVID. He's standing against tyranny, which is what we want him to do, which is what we elected him to do. However, Ms. Auker also has a job. She's been elect or put in place by a board of directors at EVAN to uphold health and wellness and in the do their, do the best job they can as a community hospital serving the community. I think they're doing a good job. And unfortunately, what happens when she wades into politics, which he didn't wade into health care, she waded into politics. And, uh, you know, it creates a firestorm. It creates problems that don't need to be had and it incites other people then to attack david rowe on health care billy let that, me let me stop you there and just ask one clarifier uh, she was commenting as a private citizen not as the ceo of the hospital when she said that she thought the photograph was demoralizing does that make a difference she wasn't you know didn't send us a news release she's just commenting on social media well that's true but then she was asked about it and and, and published statements in you know in several places that but here again if she if it weren't comment. for her if it weren't for her position nobody would have quoted her as a private citizen that's true <laughs> well exactly and i think you know just over the weekend there was a former lewisburg school director who posted on facebook again private facebook that she hoped she can't help but hope that members of david rose family passes away from covid oh because, because somebody, of, somebody posted that yes <laughs> Mary Howe from Lewisburg, former Lewisburg school director, posted it. It's, but he, so this, this is what I'm saying: this lack of nuance between David Roll's role, legitimate role, Kendra Auker's role, legitimate role. They both have spheres of influence with nuance in each one. But when when Kendra jumped in over here, it just incites other people to jump in and say all kinds of horrible things. And you know, Mary Howe's now a employee at Geisinger Medical Center. You want employees in healthcare organizations saying they hope David Rose's family dies? I mean, this is this is not helping. And uh, so I just I I feel like we, you know I, I hate to use the phrase "stay in your lane," but ultimately David Rowe I think did stay in his lane. He's in the lane. Uh, the political lane, that's what we elected him to be in. And Kendra Alker's in her lane in health care. May the two of them stay in their lane. Well, the trouble was David Rowe put up a billboard that you can see from all the lanes, and that's what prompted all the response. People th- thought the, the sign he put up was offensive. So, But, see, I, I, I explained this to Joe. Everybody sees the pandemic differently. You see it as a, a, really a wonderful opportunity to talk about freedom and to remind people how critically important it is that we stay very close to our constitutional ideals of liberty and opportunity and you know less tyranny from the government and you've made good on that and so everybody appreciate or well, many people appreciate that anyway and Kendra has talked about how to save lives and this uh, tireless work that they're doing and David Rowe has talked about the fact that the governor's rules are uh, ridiculous I believe to quote him accurately and so everybody's really kind of 
wearing the uh, wearing the badge that they've been given. So, Billy, we got to move on. But thank you so much. I would lo- ASAP. We're going to have you back in the studio because we always love your insights on these and other topics. So yeah, take thank care, you, Billy. Sir. Thanks for calling. Take care. Appreciate that. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. There would be one line open. Chris is the next caller from Milton, PA. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Yeah. Roe did say justifiably flouting in his first response, I think, on Facebook, and that shows clearly that he intended to make it appear as if he was flouting the law, which is cause of the controversy and the reaction. Okay. So he brought that on himself. Now, uh, I wanted to... Then Stan on, I think, Friday or Friday brought up the suitcase... uh, the, the ballots coming in on suitcases, which if you just do a Google search, you can find out that they weren't suitcases. They were the regular cases they store ballots in, and they were pushed under the table in the open, in the, and the, the ballots were put in and moved under the table, and they put a black cloth over the table. So that's why they were there, and they were all legitimate ballots, apparently. They weren't emergency Democratic votes from elsewhere? No, no, okay. they were Darn. not. And Stan just doesn't bother checking anything like that out. He just repeats the stupid Newsmax stuff and stuff, so on. Now, Trump, he's uh, he replaced the civilian uh, leadership at the, the long-time professional leadership, civilian oversight of the military at the Pentagon with a bunch of his yokels, like people who call call, uh, Obama a terrorist and uh, uh, and repeat a lot of the QAnon stuff in charge of the Pentagon, of especially the secret operations and the secret ops going on. And nobody quite knew why he was doing this 49 days uh, before he left office, or 59, or whatever it was. But it turns out that they have refused to give, uh, they have ordered the, the Pentagon not to brief Biden on these things. So he'll come into office not knowing any of the, the secret ops that are being planned or, or going on currently. What's your source? What's for your source for this assertion? What's your source for this assertion, Chris? What is your source, Chris? What is your source for this assertion? I haven't seen that anywhere. You accuse Billy of mouthing stuff from uh, sources you don't like. So what's your source for that? Well, it's in the Times, the Post, uh, and on TV. I haven't seen any of it. Well, you, you can look it up. Just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. He replaced the the guy who was in there for 10 years under three different administrations, I guess. And he he was a knowledgeable one about this. And he was the one who was due to uh, brief, who would be the guy to brief uh, Biden on these things. And he was fired and replaced for these yokels I'm talking about. There were three of them were replaced. And what's your One source for calling them yokels? Three different things now. Just look it up. Google it. You can find it. I, f- I googled yokels. I didn't find any. So oh, what, what yeah, is your I'm assertion sure. that, that these that, people that's are yokels? Real brainy of you. Well, if you're calling people names without any any background, no context, just say, "Oh, they're yokels." He so put yokels in. The leadership of the Pentagon replaced by Trump. Look it up. Well, what makes you think they're yokels? He's allowed to replace people. 
He was. He's a QAnon type quoter. Who is? The guy who was put in. Who's like this I guy? Said. Who's this yokel? I mean, he was so horrible. You ought to know his name. Why? Well, because he's so horrible, he's not going to brief President-elect Biden. He's not famous because you haven't heard of him. He's not famous because I haven't heard of him, and I didn't look him up right before I But you know he's a yokel. I told you what to Google, Joe. Either do it or don't. You know, keep it taking my time. You know he's a yokel, but you're sure of that. I told you why I called him a yokel three times now. Do you want me to have to do it a fourth? Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Please, Joe. Well, you're just assuming the guy isn't capable, and I'd say that's a fact, not an evidence. Hey, he's the one who gave the order not to have Biden briefed. Th- this yokel or the president? Well, the yokel's either doing it himself or by orders from Trump. You figure it out. <laughs> but I thought, he, I thought he was being briefed. You would think Joe Biden, if he wasn't getting briefed, would be raising holy hell. No, look it up. Google it. <laughs> Well, I, that doesn't mean I'm going to find the source accurate. Moving on. Please, man, you're killing me. <laughs> you're killing me to death. Well, we're, we're also okay, out of time. Okay, now the next thing is uh, the 207-plus million that Trump has raised. Uh, this is what the scam he was probably planning after the first election when he was pushing for uh, that the, the election was going to be rigged if he didn't win that one. It was, uh, it's it's money that's in a leadership pack, and under those terms, the terms of the leadership pack, I guess the 20% of the money goes to the Republican Party. The rest is basically Trump's own personal money. All right, 30 he seconds. He can pay himself, he can pay himself and pay taxes on it. He can use it for his expenses, uh, for anything having to do with uh, other fundraising and everything. You're you're helping. He could use it to pay off his his three hundred and fifty million dollar debt he has coming due. That so, if you want to keep giving your good money to a billionaire who doesn't need your money, he always <laughs> claims you just keep on giving money to that organization. Keep doing it. It's not going to it's not going to get it. the election overturned. And very little money is going into that, which he is calling a defense of the, of uh, fair elections. Thing, thing to try to overturn <laughs> the election, but very little money is going there. It's going to be his after he's out of office. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Chris. Always appreciate your calls. Hope to look forward to talking to you tomorrow. We'll be right back. We got callers standing by. We shall return shortly. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Read what you just read out loud, Joe, please. One of our texters says... 
Chris has his tinfoil hat on again. Conspiracies everywhere. And why were those ballots hidden under the table at 8 a.m., then brought out after 10 p.m. to be counted after the poll watchers were kicked out? Explain that. And by the way, Google isn't neutral arbiter of the truth. They pushed their narrative to the left. All right. Thank you for those uh, text uh, responses. Bob is uh, next. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Yeah, good morning. I was calling uh, about David Rowe. I just thought it was uh, a disservice to the public in the midst of a deadly pandemic to be criticizing our governor for putting a mandate out there. You know, I saw it as it's not a good example for our children or our government. When is it wrong to stand up for freedom, yeah, liberty, why, why is and it wrong? fight against tyranny? <laughs> well, why else would you do it at 5.01 p.m. on Thanksgiving Eve, the day that the governor put in an act to stop... Because he's fighting for freedom, liberty, and fighting PM. against tyranny. What, what he part was allowed the... to drink it after 5 p.m., I get it. But why else would you do it at 5.01 on that day? You're not doing it on that day to help people that are losing money. You would do it before that. But he didn't do anything that the governor didn't permit, so you're coming down on him for nothing. Well, why would you do it on one minute after the governor, and it was to help save lives, Are you aware that, that that's take money from people's businesses? But that I is mean, exactly what the governor did. trying to help people's businesses... He'd been out doing that before that time. But you realize in, that that is the big. Opinion. You realize that's the biggest day for alcohol sales in the year. You know, so that's I a day. I don't when, think so. You know, it's probably yes, it Christmas is. Eve no, or New Year's Eve. No, it's Thanksgiving Eve. There were several reports on that in, on the news well, stories. Well, we didn't have a pandemic before now, did we? Even Joe goes out drinking uh, how, on Thanksgiving No, I Eve. don't. But how is the pandemic affected by someone having to drink with no one around them in a in a bar? Well, you're not even supposed to be sitting up at the bar, as far as I'm concerned. Wasn't he sitting up at the bar? There was no one around him. Uh, you're permitted to do that. Up, uh, uh, I think you're not supposed well, to be there I after Last I knew, you weren't even allowed up at the bar. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I didn't think you were allowed to sit at the bar either. They had them, most of them, closed no, yeah, off. It didn't violate any guideline or advisory at all whatsoever. But uh, like I said, it was just my opinion that he was just giving the governor the middle finger at 501. There you go. That's well said. That's <laughs> what he opinion. did. Yep, well said. Well, okay. I, I can't thank say. You, Have a good day. That yeah, may have been you. the intent. Al, we're glad to say we uh, reserved a couple of two, three minutes left at the end of the show for you. Well, that's great. Thank you. Uh, my my uh, information comes from the Constitution of the United, of uh, the Pennsylvania. I was watching the Mark Levin, the great one, last night, and then Roe was like a refresher course on uh, Act 77. Act 77 was passed about 14 months ago, and um, three months ago they tried to contest it and after they made radical changes to it with, with the signatures not and having the match and so forth. And they wanted to get rid of it at that time, but nobody was injured, nobody was hurt, so they called a stay. But there's really five steps you got to do before you can change the voting laws. And it comes down to the last step, which is the citizens of the of Pennsylvania um, must vote on it. It must go to a vote to have an amendment and change the constitution of the state to change a voting law. So 
So it was very complicated the way they went about it. They've been holding it off, and uh, it was an unconstitutional act, and, and it's being pushed by our governor, so he should probably be held responsible. <laughs> Well, it's too late to refute it as being a, a constitutional law, but the, the anomalies that popped up in the election really don't have anything to do with the law. They no, have to do with the interpretation or changes that. from the Secretary of State. It's Say, going to the Supreme Court this week, Mark. Right. It's not too late right, to be found unconstitutional. I, I understand that, but that's what we're going to find out, is that these anomalies aren't enough to throw it out, and that the law itself the is intact. It's enough to get rid of, uh, give you a bad taste in your mouth about an election, any anomaly. Just like they say one death is way too many for the pandemic, one anomaly is way too many for any election, as long as it puts doubt in our sacred right as U.S. citizens. All right, get back to work, Al. Thank you so much for calling in, though. Yes. We can finish these yep. important thoughts tomorrow. Keep your Sharpie out and get the get the thick marker out so you know right what to talk about Do you, tomorrow. Uh, you have your Christmas tree up yet? <laughs> it's a pagan symbol. No, we have about eight of them around the house at various we locations. We have about six of them, too. <laughs> so, yes. But we have a different set of symbols that we're worshiping at our house. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.